This podcast was created by a group of educators for the sole purpose of talking through innovative education at Mandan Public Schools. Providing a focus on innovation, higher level learning, and deeper thinking strategies using the SAMR model, this is the SAMR Soundbite. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Summer Soundbite. We're here live at the Braves Engage 3.0 on September 30th uh, out at the middle school. I don't know if I even should have put a date on that because now if it takes me two weeks to put this up, that's going to look really bad. So maybe that's my own incentive there. Today is September 30th. It's September 30th. <laughs> Braves Engage 3.0 at the Mandan Middle School. I mean, we've had a, a, a pretty busy day so far. We've had, I believe, over 45 sessions, different sessions based on a, a variety of different things, instructional strategies, SEL. Um, and so it's been a great day. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Rare, Technology Director at Mandan Public Schools. And yes, man, I'm now an administrator. And well, so we'll, we'll go to you now. We'll I, just go to you. I, I love, I'm glad you're an administrator, but the host part, that, that's, that's I'm taking bold. that role too. That's bold. Your host. Will you introduce yourself now? I'm Van Bardell. I supervise the sixth grade math classroom. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really good description. That's, awesome. that's a really good description. Um, We're not too, quite too sure I passed that what I do, but. Te- Technology-wise, though, that's a really good description. I, I like that. Yep. That's actually a very forward-thinking uh, classroom then. Wow. Supervisor. Yeah. I'm Ryan Jungling. I, I teach uh, juniors uh, dual credit U.S. history at the, at the high school. Julie Kautzman, I work with technology and integrating that within the classroom, focusing mostly on elementary. Mark Kalpinski, technology education. Perry Jess, director of curriculum instruction, which means I supervise nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but get all the questions. <laughs> I'll take that. It's like the number one question. What do you do during the day? I don't know. I manage. Like that's, I manage. I manage. Dan (laughs) You don't get paid enough. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) So like I mentioned before here, uh, we had over 45 sessions today for uh, SEL, social emotional learning. We talked about some instructional strategies. We'll have a little bit more going on this afternoon. Um, And that's really what's what's going on today. And um, I'm pretty fortunate because aside from me who didn't have to somehow do anything, I have five presenters in the room. And so I think we'll, I'll, I'll kind of lend this into you guys. You know, what, what have you been doing today? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Um, what's going on outside of here? I could start over there, here. I so like what I was working on this morning, I did two sessions on Apple Classroom and trying to portray that Apple Classroom is more than just a tool for monitoring, I guess would be the word. It's, it's way more than that. And how can we use that for instruction? And what's been probably the big wow that we've brought out of that is that the teacher's understanding of how to use the iPad itself has been what they learn the most of. Just the functionality, how to do a split screen, how to annotate on a photo, and then send that back in Apple Classroom. Those kind of things have come out as the big aha moments for teachers and so what we talked about today was that overall we have to really work on as teachers just knowing what the capability is of the iPad for instruction as as a teacher I can use this tool not just as um, 
enrichment. You guys go work on this app. Uh, reinforcement, you guys work on this app. But when we're in that large group setting, there's functionality that we can use as a teacher for instruction as well. I think that that's, uh, <coughs> that's been kind of a similar takeaway for me um, has been sometimes just what people don't know that you kind of assume that they might already know. Um, you know, I, I've taught three different classes this morning. Uh, I taught one on swivel and, and use of video and to be able to record yourself uh, when, you're, when you're absent, um, but also for reteaching opportunities, in particular for the high flyers at the high school uh, that, that might be gone. Um, you know, I had a math teacher and an English teacher in there super interested in it. Uh, I had somebody from elementary phi ed that is trying to figure out a way to use video in a phi ed classroom at the elementary level. Um, just really cool, awesome. cool things to, to try to just deepen engagement and deepen learning uh, with students. Um, talked a little bit about mastery paths uh, for assessment, uh, but probably my biggest takeaway was with Quizlet, which a lot of people have been using Quizlet for a lot of years, uh, but I think they've only been at the surface. And until you get teachers, Julie, kind of like what you were saying, until you get teachers to be the student, it's really hard for teachers to see what the students experience. And so I thought that that was really powerful to have a bunch of teachers operating as a student in Quizlet and just seeing how powerful it was. In fact, a teacher that has used Quizlet a lot said, you know, I don't think I've ever actually played Quizlet live as a student, but they've proctored it a whole lot and they use it in their classroom. But now how much deeper understanding they have of the way to use it and then just different ideas that come out when you get that student experience. So I think that's a really cool thing that's been happening today. Yeah, so we played school and it was kind of interesting because they, they were the students, different role, like you said, different role than they normally play and teachers typically on their laptops. Very seldom are they on an iPad. So today they're actually on that iPad and actually having to manipulate it to do certain things that they don't experience on a daily basis. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning curve for them. So interesting you say that because my sessions this morning were about working with more of a social emotional learning class because I was talking about working with kids with ADHD and it's not very different in that regard is that I'm, I'm talking to these teachers about what that looks like for the kid and the teachers see the other side of that so often they don't get much of a chance to put themselves in that student experience as well so a big part of my session was what does a student feel like in your classroom with ADHD and we don't we I, I think as teachers our teachers are so busy they don't have time to to really take the time to do that whether it's technology or social emotional learning just flipping the tables a little bit on them and having them think and reflect about what that looks like it was I saw a lot of nodding in the room and it was it was it was kind of interesting to see that because Teachers just don't have time often times, whether it's technology to play with the technology or otherwise put themselves in the student's experience. I think having it open for the teachers to go to whatever session they'd like to 
and having you know as many quality sessions as we did, I, I think that most teachers went to something that they were interested in, that they could add to their repertoire uh, technology or you know SEL and lots of good questions kind of guiding you know those next stages or phases of what a teacher is going to be learning and working with so you know instead of telling them no thou shalt you know go to these three sessions you know and we're going to do a large group and everyone needs to listen and get the same message from it we had a nice variety of of options for the teachers and I from what I've seen so far they've been pretty involved with with what we've had and appreciative of of the knowledge that is in the room that's probably the biggest complaint I've heard today is we have too many good sessions and people aren't really sure where to go I mean it's they're almost hammered by the good instead of trying to muddle through the the muck to find what they need to find which is a I think a great problem to have and it speaks to our staff just as part of this podcast I want to make sure folks know that I expect that we'll replicate most of these sessions this coming summer as, as an opportunity in, in what will be our summer programming as well. And I was, you know, when we were all talking, you know, what I was thinking about was the, the, the four shifts because we're really just doing the four shifts for our teachers, the student agency. Our, our teachers mm-hmm. got to pick what they did today. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Deep in learning. They got time to sit with, 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 uh, van or they sit with Julie and really experience what that looks like and think about how they can deepen their own instructional practice in their classrooms you know it's really it's it's the four shifts mm-hmm. agreed Ben you haven't really said anything yet so we're gonna make you talk um, I, I think the big takeaway that I got out of this was it's gonna sound a little bit negative but I think our staff is kind of at canvas saturation um, my, my sessions didn't have a lot of people in it. I talked about Canvas for three sessions in a row. And it was, it's really interesting to me to, to hear where they've been talked talk to about Canvas for, what, four years now, five years now? Yep. And I think they're starting to get to that point where either they have it or they don't. Mm-hmm. And there's still a variety of places where people are at. We still are talking about that left-hand s- Canvas navigation screen. Yep. And then there's other people that are 10 million times past that and I think there's I think what with all these good sessions I think canvas was the one kind of left out and that's we've been hammering that home for so long that uh they they were excited for the opportunity to go to different sessions agreed and and I'll say from my standpoint because I've been standing outside this room here at the help desk and I had two kindergarten teachers come up and, and we're showing padcaster um, but pretty much we started talking iMovie and our teachers found out that they can green screen. And so it was really interesting seeing our kindergarten teachers start coming up with ideas. You know, Julie's laughing. We talked about like the marriage of Q and U. Um, they're talking about running their sight words, the weather. They're going to do a trip to Papa's pumpkin patch. All these cool things that they're doing now that they're like, we can do all of this in iMovie and have our kindergarten kids do it. Um, I had a high school teacher, um, high school math teacher look at me and go, I could do this? Yeah, I could do this. Um, and so it's really interesting just seeing those ideas just formulate just in a five-minute conversation held outside of these classrooms too. Right. Yeah, and I I think you know, with my with my Canvas session, I had three people in my mm-hmm. Canvas session on Mastery Path assessments, but 
the quality of that session gets so much deeper when you have when you have people that that are choosing to be interested in something and so i think it's great that our canvas sessions are getting smaller because people have lots of canvas background knowledge at least and if they're choosing to come like perry said it's something that they're invested in and they want to learn more and of those three people that were in that session when i told them that i was off at one o'clock two of them looked up at me like i'm coming to you again at one because we're gonna we're gonna talk about this some more and so i think that 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 deepened learning now gets to really happen and you get to increase that engagement because you're not talking to a room of 28 people that 14 of them have no interest at all and they're just playing on their, you know, they're just wasting time, you know, to where there are so many good things that people are choosing to go to something that, that it matters to them. And this is kind of like a tidal wave thing here, you know. I mean, when you, when you think about where we were at, where we were at a couple of years ago, right? I mean, that excitement that that wanting to make those changes you know, was it was a struggle to see where that was happening at and now you're hearing more of these conversations happen where people want to come in more and have these deeper learning conversations and and there's they're understanding what you know the district said when we talked about personalized learning when you talked about ignite um, when they hear the four shifts they're, they're starting to get that that you know I can't be the sage on the stage anymore I have to do more to uh, educate my kids. I guess I wasn't sure which word I wanted to go with there, but to to bring them in and to help them understand and, and build for the real world. You know, I think that um, like something that came up in my Quizlet session. Um, there's a Quizlet option that I never use. Uh, it's, it has to do with with speech and spelling and that kind of stuff. And just being a part of this group here. Uh, I've gotten exposed to so many more things that are happening in the district than what happens in my building. And so I'm in front of a session and most of the people in my room were, were middle school or high school teachers. And they were getting to this, uh, I just thought of Julie and sight words and this summer at Summer of Sammer when these kindergarten teachers were investing all this time into Quizlet um, and doing work in Quizlet. And I told the high schoolers, I said, if you wanna know how to do this, email Julie and email the kindergarten teachers because they're the experts. And I think that's really where we've gone as a district, which I think is so cool that you can turn to somebody who's not in your building, who you've never met before, maybe you've heard of someplace, but they're now the person you turn to for professional development and they, they're the expert. And we can turn and we can reference people to other places. And so I think that that's really cool when you can learn from somebody within the district and it's not somebody that's coming in for one day and, and getting that experience. I, think that I would agree with that. Ryan, we had 45 different sessions today. Two of them are from people outside of our district. All of them are, all, all but two of those sessions are being done from experts within our own school district. And so when you do it with folks that are inside of your own school district, after the session's over, you might have somebody you can connect with. They won't be gone. They'll, they'll be here for you to go and find Ryan or Van or Mark or Julie, you know, or, or uh, Tamara Waters Wheeler dealing with kids or Dakota Outright that came and talked about the LBGTQ community and Cat Doll is on their board. 
And now you can go reach out to Cat Doll if you need some help in that area. If you've got a kiddo that you're not exactly sure how to work with that kiddo. I mean, it's just that, that all that expertise is internal. So there's somebody to go to after the session's over. Yeah, there's so many good sessions. And I felt while I was presenting thinking, I need to be at all these sessions as well. Like the SEL sessions, that's something I need to go to. And then I got to thinking, are we videoing? And we could be videoing. We could mm -hmm. be spreading, <laughs> spreading the wealth around. But no, you know. the curriculum director's an idiot. Didn't no. video anything. Well, your <laughs> your counterpart right next to you is like, oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> what a great idea, Julie. <laughs> Where are you at on that one, Julie? Yeah, well, I never thought of it either until I was until I was in that position of yep. not being able to go to other sessions and and listening to their conversations that they're having about the SEL sessions. So they're they're waiting for my session to start and they're having conversations and everything they're saying, like I need to also hear that message as well and. There's just so much that's good. You can't possibly get to it all. And my gosh, we could have a whole canvas full of just content from today. When that Perry had mentioned that a lot of the sessions that we're looking at today are going to be revisited this summer. Mm -hmm. So this is the advertisement for summer of <laughs> SAMR SEL slash two. And Gosh, and someone sense. already mentioned, you know, there's just so much stuff, you know, it's, they're all good sessions. You know, how do you decide, you know, so you go through and you watch the video yeah. uh, 45 hours, you know, an hour <laughs> for each session, um, you know, and then after taking all your personal days and, you know, it, it's, it's that interest, you know, picking what you, the path that you're going to be working on and working with those experts and knowing what you need for your classroom and for your students that really makes this a, a strong aspect for our district and has for a long time ever since we've started with the technology days and using uh, our staff members as as experts uh, because they are they're the ones that are able to help each other out and have really made this happen so they're out there julie you don't have to have it recorded just go and talk with those people and so there, you guys are off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> and and to expand on something that you were saying, Mark, too, and, and when you said students, this triggered another conversation I heard today, but um, a couple of our teachers that were talking about AVID strategies had high school students come in, and they said that those high school students talking about AVID, and they're going, you know, the high school teachers, you, you think you're doing AVID, but you're not, because this is AVID here, and when you come up here, this is what's happening. And so it was a really interesting thing. And... And really what it got me thinking was, and I talked to them about this, as I said, how often do we ask our students mm -hmm. how you're doing? You know, uh, us as, as educators, you know, I mean, we, we're, we're, most of our teachers are pretty reflective people. They're fairly highly self-critical. Sometimes our students will give us really good feedback too, whether it's on the negative, you're, you know, you're saying you're doing this, but you're not, but it could be on the positive too. You know, you beat yourself up over this, but you're really good we're really engaged we're really we really in, we enjoy coming into this classroom and sometimes teachers need to hear those words too but you need to be prepared to ask and receive that feedback it's interesting you say that i i um for my adhd session i talk a lot about my son who has adhd and so i go through my whole session and i get done with the session and about and the session gets over and one of his 
students, uh, teachers here that were at the middle school stops and goes, did we do a good job with Noah? And it's like, absolutely he did. You know, absolutely. The, I mean, I got a senior, a junior, and a sophomore now. We had a fabulous education here. It's just those keeping on the track to wanting to keep getting better. We just want to keep getting better because there are always better ways to do mm -hmm. things. And so I think that's, I think you're, you hit it on the head. It's just nice when folks get a chance to sit back and learn a couple of new things that they're interested in that makes their practice better. Not that we're not doing a good job already, but that we could do a better job. Kind of excited uh, for the last session today when everybody gets together because it's kind of the 45 hours summed up in, in you know, yes, one hour uh, when we, we kind of get together and ask a couple questions and get people to move around a little bit and talk to people in their buildings or at their level and just hear what other people do for the day. Um, that, that could be the biggest advertisement for the summer uh, to hear about SEL classes that they really enjoyed or this was a cool trick. You know, um, la this, this last summer when we were at Summer of Summer, I, was, I, I had nothing to do for one of the sessions or maybe, actually, I think I was even teaching the session and Van was in the session and so was Peter Stensley. And we, I was showing them grade book with Mastery Paths and Van and Peter both pointed out to me how I could do the grade book better. Well, I showed that today and just about rearranging the grade book, dragging things from side to side, and then making the grade book uh, column smaller in Canvas, which is something I never <laughs> even considered. And I should have, but I didn't consider it. I've used Canvas a lot. And I showed a teacher today, he almost fell out of his chair. <laughs> he was so excited. I can guarantee cool. you that yeah. today, when, he brings, when they bring up what's the best thing you learned today, that is gonna be what he tells everybody. And he's gonna tell his department that, and his department's gonna tell other departments. And that's gonna, that's gonna change people's view of Canvas and it came from internal. Yeah. You know, it's all just internal. People working on stuff, people that learn, and people that are willing to share it. Can't wait for speed dating. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting to see what we come up with. Yep. Well, let's transition here into the I have a question segment and I, I don't remember because it's been so long, hence we're in season two, episode one now of the soundbite, but um, I think we've kind of railroaded Julie, so in honor of doing that, we're just gonna do it again, I guess. So Julie, you, right. you had a good question for us on email. Um, this will be a good chance for us yeah, to discuss so gonna, it as a whole. I'm gonna try to sum this up. So it's not, this is not for the faint of heart here. <laughs> it's complicated stuff, but it's, and it's kindergarten doing it. Kindergarten wants to figure out how to do a progressive sight word learning activity, and they want it to be done in Canvas. Okay, so by progressive, if I can give you the scenario. So the progressive part is that they have 10 different sight word lists, basically. Each list has 10 words that the students need to learn, so they chunk it. Instead of having kids learn 100 words, they break it down into 10 separate groups. So they're learning 10 words at a time. When they learn those 10 words, they want them then to be able to move on to the next 10, continuing on all the way till they get to 100. But they have one big must in this is that even if they have completed one set, they still want that set to be able to be accessible for the students to review. So it can't be a situation where once they complete it, it goes away and they have no access to it. So keep that in mind as well. 
some ideas that have been thrown out there are to set up groups. So in their assignment, when they create their assignment, they would add the students to a group and assign that group that has completed set one, they would then assign it to set two. The other thought was, is there a way to do a mastery path? And the third thought was, could we do something with module requirements in which they would have to complete, and I don't think I stated this part, but part of their module includes the practice. Then they have a Quizlet in there, they have a video that helps the kids learn it. And then they also have a picture, beginning sound association activity. So what did I just name? Four activities that they do prior to the assessment on it, on those 10 sight words. So that's kind of the question I'm throwing out there. That, is that as clear as mud? You kind of get yeah. a picture of what the vision is. Am I missing some steps? And we came up with three potential ideas. The reason that we're saying potential is that we don't know for certain which is best, and this is a project, no doubt. So we're kind of hoping to do it right the first time kind of mm -hmm. thing and not do it several times. I'm just going to open it up to you guys. What are you thinking? What's the first thing that comes to your head? The first thing that comes into my head is the age level. It would have to be super simple and super concrete. I, I feel like there's some things within Mastery Paths that would be really nice, but at the same time, it would be, could be pretty tricky for that age level. Mm -hmm. um, the groups, that seems like too much work on the teacher's end. Yeah. It doesn't make the teacher's life any easier, I don't think. The requirements would probably be the easiest, but then I, I have a thought in my head of, well, why does every kid have to do the same thing? If some kid has the, the, the list one down, why do they have to do all these other requirements first? Um, so mastery paths is the logical choice in my mind, but, I, mm -hmm. but how does that look in a kindergarten classroom when in my sixth grade classroom, sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah. I'm gonna actually throw out another <clears throat> another option. It'll kind of be uh, Vans thing, maybe a little bit uh, combined. I I think another option could be an extra class. You create a class um, that's not connected to Power School or not collect connected collected there. Okay, so you create a class, and each set is a module. Each set of sight words is a module. So you have set one. Module one, you could create a quiz, like a, like a beginning quiz. So somebody comes in, this gets to Van's point. Somebody comes in and takes the, the quiz one. And if they get it right away, they get to skip the steps. If they, if they ace it, set one, they skip all the other steps. And a, one of the requirements that you could do is scores as, there's something, I can't remember what it's called, but mm -hmm. scores 10 of 10 on the first one then module two opens for them. Then it sends them down to the next module. I think that there's a process, there's a way to do that. Or that they complete the module, right? And I think we could probably figure out some way to tie that in. Um, and if they don't, because most kids aren't going to pass it right away, then it sends them down the path to, just down the module, to all of those extra stuff, to then ultimately another quiz. 
that module would always stay open, the site words would always be there. I don't know. That's that's something that when you explained it this time that I didn't think about the first time. So it almost be like you have your pretest and a post test. So your activities are Correct. gonna be Oreo cookied with an assessment. Yep. I, Oreo cookie. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Is that I, that's awesome. Oreo cookied. Is that in the Webster's Dictionary? Yeah. <laughs> it is now. We, we, we Oreo cookied. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, my, double stuff. Would that stuffed. start with a mastery path then? It, that no, assessment it, would, would be attached well, to the mastery path? You can't, you can't have a requirement of do one thing and move on to the next. That has to be a mastery path. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's either, my, it's either I'm not one, the requirement master, yeah, so. It's mm -hmm. either they can do one of the things in the module or they do all. Okay. My, my struggle with that is, is you know, I, and I'm thinking sight words because we are talking kindergarten, so that's the way they want to use it, is how do you actively identify they know their sight words? In kindergarten, that's usually through a spoken mm -hmm. phrase, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that I had done as I had gone on to see, can I make a quiz where every time they see that sight word, they have to click record and say the sight word so the teacher can verify they're saying the word correctly. Well, you know, what, what do they already do? Okay, what is so their current process? Because so I think that's important too. Well, that it's gonna, currently it's going to have to be one of those cases where the assessment is basically on the iPad, but the student brings the iPad to the teacher and the teacher's marking it true, meaning they got it right, or false, meaning they got it incorrect. So before iPads, before technology was in, it was a sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. They had the 10 words, you come up, right? Yep. And so by true, false, we're just, we're just substituting, Correct. right? And Correct. we're trying to move we're trying to move to more, to deeper, to deeper content, right? Correct. Right. So okay. the teacher's saying the word, and then they have to select it. Correct. No, they just show them a card. I think they show them a card, and the student has to say it. And the student says it. If they get it correct, then they mark it true. On the iPad. Because I think that's the important process. If they're already doing that, then we know what the expectation already is, mm -hmm. for how do we. How do we make it more efficient and how do we kind of clean it up a little bit, right? Yeah, because I mean, how I envision it in my head is very similar to how you guys described it. But again, when that student can speak it, you know, it goes into a speed grader, the teacher can quick wrap, wrap it through speed grader and go, okay, you got a 10 out of 10, let's move on to the next module. But where I was struggling is actually being able to do that assessment. I, I think the easiest would be the teacher pulls them out in the hallway and like she said, true, false. That, yep. To me, that seems like it'd be the fastest, most efficient, where going through speed grader might not be the fastest, most efficient way. Mm -hmm. a, a multiple choice on in quizzes.next allows you to put images in. So you could have the images of those cards in there. And the word, they're giving them the word. They're so they're sight words, so it's like the... This first set is like the is uh. I can tell you all of them. Go for it. You know, yeah. It is is it uh I like go we see. I feel like I'm missing one, but I think I'm good. And mm -hmm. but and the teacher is showing them. Teacher shows them the word. Yeah. They need to identify the word. Oh yeah. Okay. The. And then there's an action card or an image card that they're supposed to select. Correct. No, no they just say the word. They say the word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They say it. So the idea is that they can read the basic sight words. 
from memory. Just, but you could have a picture associated with them. Some of them, like the, it's difficult to have a picture, yeah. but some of the, when you get to right. progress down the list, yep. you start to have yeah, sight words that can benefit from sight. I don't know, though, if kindergarten wants them to have visual clues or if they want them just to know it based on and the words. And I don't think they do because of how they sent the cards home. I don't think home, so either. Because they are just the word. Yeah. Just the basic words that appear often in English word right. writing, books, that kind of thing. I just, I don't feel like the initial quiz is the issue. Right. I feel nope. like how is it, yep. how, how do we delegate those simple, yep. or not the simple, the interventions mm -hmm. afterwards. Right. That's, that's. Mm. Yeah. They, how they, about they, they seem to have the assessment that they like. Right. Right. And so probably down to a fairly, how mm -hmm. do we delegate or distribute the interventions effectively after the fact? Mm -hmm. So. It feels like the big right. issue. They get a list, right? Yep. And then there's an assessment day, right? So module, page with the list, their Quizlet, their video, their pictures, quiz. The quiz has a requirement that they need to score eight out of eight, 10 out of 10. Yep. If they don't, they go back up to the beginning and they go through it and you set your quiz to multiple, you know, as many options, as many times as possible. Yeah, I think that's the key too. We right? have to put in multiple attempts. Right, so you just multiple mm -hmm. attempts and you don't put a number in, they can take it as many times as they need to take it. Mm -hmm. And then you tie the next module to a requirement or to a prerequisite of the previous module. So your list two prerequisite is list one. So y you had mentioned that you don't necessarily need to have separate work? modules. Doesn't, doesn't that work? Yeah. I don't. I mean, it, you can do it. To, to because I know that, I know I've used something similar um, with my chapters. So mm -hmm. I used to have study guides that kids had to turn in. And I would have my test module have a prerequisite of completing the previous module. And then when they submitted their study guide, that would open up their next module. Mm -hmm. That would open up the test module. Yeah, I think it definitely can be done. One thing you had mentioned that made me stop and think is I thought it had to be a separate module for each Quizlet, actually for each sight word groupings, you mm -hmm. know, sight word grouping number one and all the activities would yep. need to be in one module. You mentioned that it doesn't necessarily have to be. And after playing around with that, I'm seeing it wouldn't necessarily have to be because it's going to open things as they progress. The downside to that is... Right, if you have to go, if you, like, yeah, if, if you would go in order. That, if we go... If they must complete all the requirements. In sequential order. Yep. It would open them as they progress. Yep. The downside to that is we can't do then the, I already know it, so why do I have to do these activities? Yep. We take that piece away. Yep. Um, I don't know that that's a huge important piece for them because of the fact that the requirements are simply check it if you've completed it. So a teacher could easily have done that check mark for them when they bring the iPad up to do the assessment. A teacher can easily select that is done. Do that and if they pass the assessment, then they're going to start opening up the next activity which would be sight word 2 practice. That's, it's so hard to explain mm -hmm. this stuff without sounding foreign, but 
I think it's doable. I think one thing that's a problem with that, uh, we got to go back to what Van said about the age level of kids. Because if you have 40, if you have uh, four items plus a quiz for every unit of sight words, that's now 50 items in a module. That's really big. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's too big for... That's too big for pretty much anybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's where that falls a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you do it like that, um, a kid could just put whatever they wanted in because you can't actually keep it as a score at least for those quizzes. They just have to submit it. Now for the, for the quizzes, you could, couldn't you do score at least for the quizzes? Oh, but in, in the quiz, I suppose you could, right? Right. And so they wouldn't be able to move beyond that for sure until they've been with the teacher and they have um, to. No, I don't Or think you're so. saying that they could just go in and start marking Ma true, false, true, false, true, false, true, false? No. Yeah. Mastery so Path is, Path has its own little set of requirements. It changes. I'm ben, how about, about this one? No, I'm how talking about, about the module requirements. So, yeah. but if you, are, are you working? Are you thinking mastery path still too? No, no. I'm thinking okay. module requirements. Yeah. So how about this, Van? This goes back to what Van does in the classroom sometimes. You put a code, a login code mm -hmm. to the quiz that the teacher puts in mm -hmm. so that the students can't actually. So if you want to do that, you want, if you wanted to do it in one module, which might not be the best, but if you wanted to do it, you put in a code that the teacher knows. So the teacher knows that the code to log into the quiz is this. So when the student comes up for the quiz, the teacher puts in the code and, and submits it. Now remember, we have multiple attempts. So even if a, maybe a parent wants to do a quiz with their student, that still could be done. No. Nope. Because they have multiple attempts, nope. right? Because that's going to send it down. That's going to open up the next, the next item. Mm -hmm. yeah. If they get. But the parent can do the other four. Correct. They yeah. have all these other ones. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's you just. You even do a practice quiz in there. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe not? it's just one question. Maybe we're making this too difficult. It's one question. They have their sight word list, right? You show the student, yes, you got it, yes, you got it, yes, you got it. No, you didn't get that one. You didn't get 10 out of 10. The teacher doesn't even open up the quiz because they didn't get 10 out of 10. Yeah. Right? They just go through the flashcards. Here's the quizlet yeah. flashcard. Do you know how to say this word? Do you know how to say this word? You didn't know how to say this word. Okay, you got nine out of 10. I'm not gonna enter the quiz. I'm not gonna enter the score. Now you have to go back and study again. Maybe that's better than 10 question but quizzes, however, true, false, true, false, true, false. Yeah, the teacher would have to mark it. However, it's nice documentation for the teacher too to mm -hmm. see how many times we've done sure. this. And, and what word it is. And sure. I can see them wanting the documentation yep. Otherwise, they got to keep that on a separate piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Yep. Their documentation. This way, it's within Canvas, right in the yep. module. Yeah. So a lot of this will just do. We have some great ideas, and it's a matter of sitting down so with you them. Have to questions to talk about. To see, really, because for them, they don't even have the vision because they're, you know, at the very beginning stages of understanding mm -hmm. what requirements are. Mastery pass you know just blow their minds still so they're really yeah. relying on us to generate these ideas yeah. and then present it to them and let them go from there so i think for the sake of time because we are getting close to our next session start and julie pretty much summarized her i have a question perfectly where i'm going to end up there um so we can get on to where we need to go but 
Um, thank you guys for listening. If you have an idea or a thought as you've listened to this, go ahead and shoot it on our way. Um, again, though, thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Summer Soundbite, and, and have a good rest of the day.